This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Can Ipswich Town break their very short but non-winning duck against the Swans this weekend? This is the Blue Monday podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Craig Fimbo and welcome to the live pre-match show brought to you in association with our very, very good friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're here every week when there's a weekend match live on YouTube and after the event again on YouTube, on video and wherever you get your podcasts. And joining me this evening to run his BDI over Swansea as we look to rest legs and rotate in readiness for a very tough winter period is Joe Fares. How is it going, Joe? Yeah, good. Yeah, I've been rushing about this evening and I've sort of just walked in the door re- all ready to go. I've had to turn down a few beers at that aforementioned Greyhound to come back to do this podcast. So I hope people appreciate that sacrifice I've made. Do you see, this is what we have to do, but I can't unfortunately use that um sob story myself i was never invited anywhere to the pub this evening but this is the sort of sacrifice that you have to make i don't know what rich and sever up to this this evening actually to um to let their um you know i think they're at the favorites there's there's the dinner isn't it at the club with david johnson as a special guest oh okay i think i think they're there sorry if i'm about to say that rich and seb well that's that's why they've they've let their um hardcore fans down and and you've been lumbered with um the 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 Bobby Ball and Eddie Large to their Tommy Cannon and and Sid Little. There you go. There's a there's a cheeky seventies eighties reference for you. Um, so let's see some uh, hellos into the chat. I see there's a few people here already. Thank you very much for that. Good evening to you, Stuart. Stuart's looking for a win this weekend after a as you rightly says a a draw which felt like a loss and a draw which felt like a win. He just wants a win that feels like a win. So, yeah, I think we're all agreed with that. Michael, good evening to you as ever. Morning all from Brisbane. I'll um I'll leave the potential racist stereotypes to to someone else to do the the Welsh impersonations. My Welsh isn't uh, isn't as good as yours, I'm afraid. Um, and a quick one here actually from Michael, and the guys will talk about it 
Joe will talk about it on the flagship, I'm sure, um, at the weekend about the number of games now between now and the end of the year, which are moving for TV purposes. Um, and it hadn't hadn't struck me, because it doesn't really affect me too much, is that once they go on to Sky, it appears that they they don't they're not then on town TV. They don't show them, do they, Joe? So it's then, I suppose, luck of the draw whether your local international um, one of your local international channels is picking it up. And that you're a subscriber to it as well, because I'm sure that's more money you have to pay out for it. But there's a new EFL TV deal, which comes in, I think, the season after next. And they say on that, that average championship club will have 23 of their games on Sky. So half their games on Sky, none of which will be in a Saturday 3pm kickoff. So I think there's going to be wow. five, five championship games a weekend will be televised so there'll only be seven saturday three o'clock games the other five will be in the tv slots i think three of the no, no five of the league one and two games will be in different tv slots as well so it's only it's only going to get worse and by this point we're probably going to be in a premier league as well which is used to that too we'll be getting used to it by then anyway. so it could be the death knell of the poor old saturday uh, three o'clock kickoffs colin good evening to you um yep exactly we're second glass half full good evening to you mark Again, another one looking forward to the match tomorrow. Norman, um, again, look, get, get back to the winning habit after a, after a couple of draws. Tim, uh, a somewhat healthier Tim. Man, oh, man flu. Well, good for you, Tim. I had COVID uh, last weekend, hence I couldn't get to Birmingham. And it hit me like an absolute brick wall. But I'm just about, just about recovering now. Um, Eric, good evening to you. FPL as ever. Hi, Gaz. Good evening. Um, oh, our next Devia Lay employee. Funnily enough, look at that. Come through the post today. Just giving your address to the world. Oh, yes, I have. Um, Colin, yes, it's, it's a good season so far, my friend. I think we can all agree on that. Paul, good evening to you. Greg, Greg reckons attractable. So the new Roy of the Rovers. We just need a, a tall, blonde-haired, bustling striker to play up front and knock some goals in from. I could have been yards. wearing my Melchester Rovers shirt for tonight as well, which I've got upstairs. Oh, just another one to add to the list, is it, Joe? You're yeah, actually well, now well, going my... through fictional um, t- t- football shirts. Now you, you've run out of the uh, actual well, football shirts. Roy the Rovers has been rebooted for like the younger generation. So my youngest, my eldest is reading those at the moment, so I'm going through them with him at the moment. So, Oh, lovely. Good stuff. We've got a couple of Kiwis. Well, I say a couple of Kiwis, a couple of people from, from that neck of the woods. Chris, good morning from Queenstown, New Zealand. Um, and also Charlie from a sunny New Zealand. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us. Good to have you. Good to have you here. Mark's here this evening as well. A little bit closer to home. Carnivore Nation. What's that's that's some sort of barbecue grill thing going on there, Carnivore Nation. I'm not gonna be saying that all evening. Um a win on Saturday makes it a half decent week, says Shy Shark. Exactly. And um, we'll come to Joe in a sec just to have a, his um thoughts on Rotherham, because you were you were actually there at the uh at the at, on Tuesday night, Joe. Um Matthew says here we'll go obviously the main bulk of the show will be talking about Swansea and um what they do. As Matthew says here, hopefully they'll try and uh, play football. They they probably will, but not as much as they would have done under their under their previous manager. I don't think. Um, Steve from a sunny Cyprus, fantastic. Good to have you on uh, on board, Steve. Hi to Nick. 
Hi to Alex from a sunny Sydney. In bed with COVID. There you go. It wasn't me. Um, you can't. I don't think you can transmit these sort of things over over YouTube. Um, but yeah, hope hope you uh, hope you aren't suffering too badly, Alex, and uh, get over it pretty quickly. Um, hi to James, and uh, I think that'll probably do us for now, isn't it? Crikey! Well, thank you very much to everyone for joining us. Um, as I say, um, Joe was there on Tuesday night, and I know Rich and Dave obviously did the uh, live post-match show straight after the event on Tuesday evening. So um, please, if you haven't done already, um, have a look back on the feeds and, and pick that up. But um, as I say, as you were there, Joe, and anyone else in the chat who was there and maybe didn't catch up with Rich and Dave, you want to just um, let us know what you thought about Tuesday night in the comments. But what was your summary, Joe, of the, the performance and the, the end result? Yeah, I thought the performance was okay. Really, it wasn't. We haven't been at our fluent best maybe for a, a couple of weeks, but I think that's generally how it's going to be in the championship this year. They set out to stop you playing, play quite a low block, let us have a lot of the ball, and just frustrating to give away the early goal because then it just makes it harder because it gives them something to protect. But I thought we did well. I thought we probably did just about enough to win it, but didn't. And I don't think we can have any complaints that we didn't win it. But I say a poor refereeing display with the penalties that. I'm sure I've been spoken about a lot. The, but ultimately, we we a lot of people have said how I've seen reading some people saying we were poor and things like that. But we've gone away to a championship side. We've had all the ball, we've had all the chances, and it's taken a 90-second minute high-quality strike to nick a point off us. So, so I think it's just one of those you go again. We all want to win, but I think as a fan base, we maybe need to realise you this run of just winning every game is just not what happens to football clubs. And you look at the table and I think we are now, I think Chris ran on the Telegram sent it round again since the last 10 seasons in the championship. This is the third best record after 15 games. Obviously Leicester, the best record. Bournemouth, about four seasons ago, the second best record. And we're the third best team in, in all that time in the league. It's an unbelievable start. We're here even since this international break where I think people think our form has dropped, you look at it, well, we've picked up, what, eight points, is it, from four games, including three away games in that period? Well, if you do that every four games, you're going to get promoted, aren't you? So we're in a fantastic position. It'd be great to have a a win on Saturday and it'll be a, that'll turn this into a sort of very good period between the international breaks to an excellent one, 11 points from five games. And we'll end this, we'll end the international break in second place and, still miles ahead of what's behind us. So, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's fine. I think we made a few changes, didn't we? And mm. you see McKenna comes out after the game. He's talking about how we need to get to Anzabi fit because we're going to lose Burgess in January. So he's thinking 10 steps ahead of where we are at the moment, isn't it? So if we drop points because we're having to get players fit, but it's going to benefit us later in the season, then all good. And I think McKenna's deserves the trust of the fan base for what he's doing in that regard. Yeah, and I, I thought Rotherham. I thought Rotherham did well. You know, they they did restrict. I'd appreciate we had maybe had a couple of better, ch- a couple more chances. But in terms of clear cut, there wasn't really anything. You know, they harried us as Birmingham did really for the first um, period of the match. But then, as um, Carnivore Nation has said here, it's noticeable how much fitter we are than the opposition and how they tire in the second half just need to stop playing catch-up. And that's something that we'll refer to in a minute when we um, start talking about Swansea is these um, is these early goals that we're conceding. But I just did think there was a couple of our players, maybe Luongo, potentially Hurst, who just looked a little bit leggy. But we don't know this um, 
reported virus that's that brought um, Williams and Broadhead down. You don't know if that's just um, you know bubbling under the surface with a few of these players as well. No, and also a couple of players were just off, weren't they? And mm. but Connor Chaplin had two chances where you expect him to at least hit the target when he's he fails to hit the target, and we've, we've become so used to Chaplin just banging everything into unsavable positions for the goalkeeper. But this time, nice little move and he blazes one over the bar. Leif Davis breaks through and has a shot and he's got a lot more quality than what he shows on on the on the shot that he takes. And it's, I say it's just one of those things, isn't it? But then you think you've won the game in the 89th minute and not in the 92nd. And how was your journey home? You got to see some of um, the more rural parts of Suffolk on the way home, Cambridgeshire and Suffolk on the way home? Yeah, it was fine until I got to Bury St Edmunds, but then obviously the A14 is shut at that point. So it was through all the villages and basically Ixworth, Elmswell, all through there, then back through, back over the A14 to the other side, Stowe Market, Needham Market, and then come back out like Barham. So that was a less than enjoyable hour. There were so many deers and stuff on the road as well. So mm-hmm. I, I did well to avoid everything. Yeah, brilliant. How long are they on for? They're not going to be still going when Middlesbrough, the Middlesbrough away game is. I bought my tickets to Middlesbrough away. Uh, that's just, well, they've, been going on for, they've been going on for months, haven't they? They've been going on since about July, so Ugh. quite easily. I could do without that after four and a half hours on the A1 preceding it. Anyway, enough motorway chat for a couple <laughs> of minutes at, at least. Um, so, yeah, just a quick one uh, here from Horse Hollerer. Uh, just saying, well said, Joe. Um some of the fan base have been a little bit annoying this week, but you can sort of, you know, yes, it, it's annoying with the, the entitlement of needing to win, especially when you against a team, no disrespect to Rotherham, but in, in terms of the um, relevant positions in leagues, etc., and sizes of the clubs against we've been playing previously, um, there was probably a lot of expectation to go into that and win. But, you know, as you say, Joe, it's, it's not going to happen every week, but you draw away and you win at home. There's your, um, two points that you were alluding to after that, that we've managed to acquire since the last international break. And also, you, you, we've had a bit of luck on the road, haven't we? We've gone to QPR and we've seen Sinclair Armstrong take a shot and hit, manage to hit both posts and stay out of the goal. At Bristol City, the shot hits the post, Hladke's back and rolls across the goal line. And then they're the diff- that's the difference between winning and losing. This isn't League One anymore where, mm. you, where we're just miles better than teams. And when we're 1-0 up, we're going to go 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. And you just roll teams over. You don't roll teams over in this league. But we're doing enough to win each game. It doesn't mean that we will win each game, but we, we do do enough to try and get ourselves on the right side of those margins. Yeah. And it's just, as you say, games are just going to be a, a lot closer, aren't they, this season, as we've as we've found out. Right. OK. Well, let's um, start talking about the opponents for this weekend, then, which are Mike Duff's, or Michael Duff, I think we're supposed to call him now, uh, Swansea, um, which is obviously they're in a season of, uh, transition from what we know a Russell Martin team to be in terms of um, heavy possession. And um, Seb has kindly put together some um, facts and figures, which I'll go through uh, in a sec. But you will see in light of those is is the um, current discrepancy in the how they were playing last year to how they're um, currently playing this year. Um, but just a quick one. I are you, you must be old enough, Joe, to remember Mike Duff, the... Championship Man, manager legend, the, alongside um, what's his name, Kerr from Falkirk. Wasn't Mark, Mark Kerr, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that was it. Forgive you know, both you and I have been involved in um, football managers since, but they were the glory days of Champman, um, turn of the millennium, uh, 0102, probably, weren't they? Mike Duff, and if you could get Mike Duff and Mark Kerr in your team for a 
Maybe just come up through the leagues with you, whatever team you were. Yeah, average about eight out of ten, wouldn't they, every single week? Yeah, fantastic. But anyway, he's now Michael Duff. Now he's a now he's a manager. Um, so Swansea, yes, they find themselves fourteenth in the league with nineteen points. They've played fifteen, won five of those fifteen, drawn four, lost six. So pretty evenly spread. Um, they've scored 20 goals in their 15 games and conceded 18 in their 15 games. So again, um, the goals for and against are almost almost even goal difference of plus, plus two. The last five matches, they've won two. Uh, away at Blackburn was a good result uh, before the last match, which was a draw at home to Sunderland, but we'll come across... Um, we'll come to the reasons behind potential reasons behind that in a sec. And they've lost to Watford and, as a lot of teams tend to do to Leicester as well. Um, they've only scored three goals in their last four matches, but their away form is reasonable. Ten points from seven games, including three straight wins on the road at one point against, well, actually it must be now because Blackburn's one of them. So Plymouth, Millwall and uh, Blackburn. So they've won their last three away games. So Yeah, they had, a, they had a really funny start to the season where I think they drew the first game, lost the second, drew the third and then went, lose, 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 lose. And the fourth loss of that was against Cardiff in the derby. And there's been, there was calls for Michael Duff's head at that point from the Swansea fan base, even though he'd only been just appointed and you're getting all the classic Twitter stories and in the media of, oh, he hasn't moved to the city, he hasn't committed to the job, he needs to move down here, he's not spent enough time here. And I don't think that feeling is totally part of in the fan base. I don't think he's on a very long leash, if that makes sense, with regards to turning so yeah so they had to start where they went like after eight games they only had three points and then they won the next four on the bounce and then since then it's the win lose draw lose sort of thing that sort of back into like normal form there so they've had two very distinct runs so it'll be interesting to see what they do because michael duff as a manager if you remember the barnsley season last year where they started quite slowly and he was appointed very late on but they started quite slowly and then they really sort of were probably almost up there with like us Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth for the good sort of last 35 games of the season. But it's just, is is that how it's going to be at Swansea? Has he got the slow start out of the way? Because it seems like he's got the slow start out of the way and then sped up, but then he sort of slowed down to a, norm, a normal speed again now. So it's interesting to see how it goes on there. And I suppose as well from a, a Swansea fan perspective, if you, if- Again, no disrespect to Michael Duff, but if you're appointing Mike Duff on the back of uh, doing a job, a decent job at Cheltenham, and then an arguably questionable job at Barnsley to get a, get a gig in the league above, you you may have thought as a as a Swansea fan that you you'd be appointing someone with a little bit more um, a little bit more X factor, if you like. Mm. Um, it's difficult because they've always been a passing team haven't they Swansea where they have mm. since you go back to sort of like Roberto Martinez Brendan Rodgers Gary, um, Gary Monk yeah is it Brian Flynn who was there before that as well um, Paolo Sosa mm. Brendan, I've said Brendan Rodgers um, well they were one of the original players they? they went there again and they all they, the structure they, was in place and they would just slot the manager in to fit the structure that was already there yeah Leon Britton and sort of sitting there at the back passing 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 so they, they did that they did that for years and years and i'd say almost this is probably the first match steve cooper to an extent was a little bit away from that but then they went back to russell martin after that so it's gone back to the real real pass heavy football and now you've gone to a manager mike duff who previously at 
Barnsley has played a real high intensity pressing mm. football. But then we also know that the ownership at Barnsley insists on that on insists on that type of football for the for the club as well, and they re- they recruit to it. He doesn't do any recruiting himself, so it's, in- it's. I'd love to know what his actual philosophy is, whether it is the passing side, whether he is going to go down that way. But I think Seb has mentioned the the um, stats this season. Maybe don't bear that out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we'll quickly go over what happened last time out because it was quite an interesting game from um, Swansea's perspective. And even though it was a, a nil-nil draw at home, um, albeit to Sunderland, who are no mugs, it was hard fought because one of their key players, Charlie Patino, who's on loan from Arsenal, centre midfielder on loan from Arsenal, was sent off after half an hour, um, which obviously therefore means he's suspended for the match against us. Um, but... As I say, it was hard fought because they ended the game with only 29% possession. Um, they missed a penalty. Uh, Swansea missed a penalty. Um, and Sunderland hit the woodwork three times. But so I don't think, you know, albeit a home game, they didn't manage to score. I think everything that was surrounding it um, actually transpired. That was a decent a decent result, all things considered. Um, just a quick uh, flashback to what happened in course over the course of the summer. Um, as you sort of said, Joe, appointing... Uh, Mike Duff. And that was on the back of there was quite an elongated chase, wasn't there, from um, Southampton for Russell Martin? And there's sort of toing and throwing about um, the compensation that would need to be paid in. in Depending on what division to... they were in, wasn't it? I think basically, yeah, um, they had a buyout. Martin had a buyout clause in his contract, and it was a different fee in that for a Championship club to a Premier League club. Yeah, so they they were trying to wait till they got officially relegated before. Nabbing him, in effect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Duff was appointed um, in June, uh, basically. And then over the course of the summer, obviously, they had some um, high-profile departures, which everyone will be aware of. Piero went to Leeds for uh, £14 million. Obafemi went to, up to the Premier League with Burnley. Our friend Morgan Whitaker um, made his first half of the loan first half of the season loan from last year permanent down to Plymouth um, so they they lost some um, decent players there uh, they brought in um, brought in a few as well with the money that they they brought in but maybe not to the level of the ones that they um, they let go or lost sorry Jerry Yates came in from Blackpool who we'd normally been um, linked with a few times he's currently their top scorer with four goals he plays up front in the Called the George Hurst role, he plays that, that single striker role up front. Um, they brought in Josh Tymon, left back from Stoke for over two million pounds. Uh, fella from Troyes in France for two million pounds. The centre forward, Cook, here we go. I'll, I'll take Seb's role here. Kukarevich will go with, but he's currently injured, so you won't see him tomorrow, and we won't be able to hear Mark Murphy mangle his uh, his surname. Um, and they brought in, as as teams tend to have to do uh, in this division, they brought in some Premier League loanees. Patino, as I said, from Arsenal, but although he's suspended because he's got, and it's good news for us because he's got four assists so far this season. Uh, they've got Humphreys from Chelsea. Jamal Lowe, who plays on the wing um, from Bournemouth, he's got three goals this season. Um, and their goalkeeper as well, Rushworth, who starts, I think he comes. he's come from Brighton. So they've, they've got um, five Premier League loanees in there, Joe, um, which you know will be taking up a fair chunk of their match day squad, if not their their starting eleven. So I suppose there's always the concern that 
are you a little bit maybe too reliant if you've got five of those type of loans in your match day squad? Yes, difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously Humphreys is he's almost a first loan. I think he had a foreign loan last year and Neil's just poked there, but Rushworth being a good keeper. Yeah, he's um when you look at the goals prevented stat, we see first in the league is Vaslav Hladki with six point two, second is Carl Rashworth with three point four. Yeah, Bashir Humphreys is a name that was linked with us in the summer. Um Jamal Lowe's a strange one, isn't he? Because he's more a senior player, isn't he, rather than a youngster. He's more he looks more like a player looking for a permanent move out of Bournemouth that maybe can't be afforded at the moment as opposed mm. to relying too heavily on a low knees. But yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a huge amount of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, as FPL track says there, Patino uh, being out is is probably a benefit to ourselves. Um, so we'll see how that how that plans that pans out. Um in terms of their style of play, Seb says here that they use a four three two one um, certainly for the last five matches, they've used that formation. They used uh, three at their back earlier in the season. They've got, um, is it Josh Cullen they've got? Uh, and Lowe will play wide of Yates, basically, um, support Yates from the from the wide positions. Um, and that, what you were talking about here a little bit earlier, Joe, about uh, Mike Duff and what is his style of play. Um, he actually, in his press conference, he was sort of referring to that. He was talking very... Um, glowingly about Ipswich and Kieran McKenna. Um, obviously, he's come across us in uh, in League One over the last couple of seasons with with Cheltenham and then with Barnsley. Um, basically, saying that we recruited well, potentially recruited for the Championship while in League One, um, but then simply by having better players doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful. Um, it's not whoever spends the most money that w- always wins. Kieran has come in and got a clear identity, um, saying that the feeling about the place is positive because it's spent so long in the doldrums. Um, a good interesting point here. He said, coming out of the Premier League for 10 years, whenever you went to Ipswich in the Championship, it always felt like the club was feeling a bit sorry for itself. Um, however, they're now getting 25,000, they were getting 25,000 in League One and managed to keep that momentum going. And then talked about the metrics about us potentially being the best League One side in history, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Apologies to any Plymouth fans tuning in. Um, but then he goes on to say that every manager wants an identity. We are starting to look like a team we want to look like who can press and get on the front foot. I would love in two years' time to be sat here and have people saying that looks like a Michael Duff, a Michael Duff Swansea team. So you've got to wait two years, Joe, basically, until you find, find out, out. What, a, what a Michael Duff team looks like. What's the average tenure of a championship manager at the moment? Not Less than two, two years. years. About, about one year, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's come down the Wayne Rooney line of, uh, like Wayne Rooney said to him before the Birmingham matches, that, oh, well, you know, he's been given a lot of time, uh, Kieran. Give, give me a second season, course. you shits. <laughs> <laughs> Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. 
NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so, again, as we were talking about earlier in terms of the, the differences between um, Russell Martin and Michael Duff in terms of the current um, way that but their teams play, um, just a, a little bit of information that Seb's put together from last year under Martin to this year, currently under Duff. Um, last year, they averaged 64% possession, which was the second highest in the league. They currently average 51%, which is pretty much bang on mid-table. They're... Passing accuracy last year was the highest in the league, 87%, although be it might have been between the you know, two centre Yeah, exactly that. Um, whereas this year, it's, again, mid-table, 13th in the league, 79%. Their shots taken per game, this is probably where it gets a little bit more interesting, their shots, as if that wasn't interesting enough, their shots taken per game last year was the sixth highest in the league. They averaged 13 shots per game taken. And this year, that's down to 11 shots, which puts them down in 19th in the league. So they're maybe a little bit shot shy, which is easy for you to say. Um, And conversely, up the other end of the pitch, last year, 10 shots faced per game was the second fewest in the league. Good use of good use of the word fewest rather than least. Um, Whereas this year, it's 15 shots faced per game, which is the fifth highest in the league. So... It, it looks from the outside looking in that um, maybe Duff's just having a little bit of a struggle, albeit he's not going to replicate what Russell Martin done, but maybe he's just sort of struggling to get get his ideas, thoughts and style across to what was a set of players used to playing a certain way. It's interesting because when you look at the sort of Opta Analyst site and they show the stats there for direct speed, they're actually the slowest team at getting the ball forward in the league as well. So they haven't. Oh, really? They haven't. They don't knock the ball quickly. They're, they're slowest in the league, and I think they're third or fourth lowest in the league for direct attacks as well. So it's strange, but open play XG there, goals wise, they're ranked or shots wise, they're ranked 18th in the league. Defensively, they're ranked 16th in the league. So they're not a. Uh, but they don't seem to have got it worked out as yet. So I, d- I don't know if that's trending in the right direction. I, I, I think it is from a little from little bits I've looked at early in the season to now. But they're, they're not a side where last year under Russell Martin, I, I personally found the style of football incredibly boring to watch where it is just pass, 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 pass. No real attack. Don't really concede a lot of shots, but don't really take a lot of shots as well. So, And when they do take shots, they're quite low quality chances because they've moved the ball so slowly to get it into those, into those positions. So... It'd be interesting to see where they go, but I, they're, they're not a, they're, they've not become a direct team. They're, they're, they're more direct than they were, but that's because anything is more direct than the Russell Martin team. Mm. But but actually, Southampton this season are more direct than Swansea this season. But 
marginally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose as ever, it's maybe maybe Russell Martin's learned as sort of Kieran McKenna did towards the middle of last season. You can't. You just need to tailor the what is a an idealistic style of play to what might actually be a successful style of play. And we're we're it's interesting. We're actually the most direct team in the league, but in how quickly we get the ball forward. So it's the most direct against the least direct teams this season, but it's not, ours is still more, more passes than teams of lower. So whilst Rotherham are quite direct, they're, they're direct quickly with the ball where we sort of pass it up the pitch as opposed to lump it up the pitch. Yeah. Um, and as we spoke about um, and was highlighted last week in terms of Seb Stradamus, um and his Birmingham revelation that they concede a lot of late goals and to get, your mortgage on there being um, goals after the 75th, 76th minute. Um, Swansea start games well, which in the last four games, you might argue that Ipswich Town do not because um, they've scored three goals scored in the opening 10 minutes. The Swansea, this is, is the joint third highest. And obviously... In our last four games, we've con- including the Fulham Cup game, we've conceded in the seventh, ninth, thirteenth, and fourth minutes in our last four games. So, um, yeah, if if you want to put some money on us going behind yet again and uh, you know, creating a rod for our own back, this this might be the game to do it. Um, historically, uh, it's pretty even: ten wins for Ipswich, nine draws, twelve wins for Swansea. Um, what one of those ten wins, Joe? Do you want to hazard a guess at which one of those ten wins cost me about twenty quid at the bookies? I imagine it was Paul Hurst's only win as the Ipswich Town manager. So he never won Correct. a game in England in his time in charge of Ipswich. Yeah, yeah. And that game good. that was a daylight robbery. That three-two win that we got from them. They missed so many chances, and we nicked it. And that probably kept Paul Hurst in the job about a month longer than he needed to be. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a, a, a bit of a track record in terms of managers pulling a result out of their backside and getting another month's wages out, out as a result of it, haven't they? So, mm-hmm. never mind. Um, one nil victory on Easter Monday in April 2019, a week after our relegation was confirmed, was the last match. Um, I can't remember that game at all. No, no. Although I don't remember. The last league win at Portman Road was 3-1 in November 1982, apparently, according to Seb. So um, if people want to have a quick look at Pride of Anglia, they can get the um, the teams up for that one, November 1982. Um, so we've been through Swansea um, and how we think that they'll play and potentially how they'll line up, albeit with injuries and uh, suspensions, um, maybe skewing that a little bit. What about us? Joe, um, as you said about Tuesday, we'd made some changes for Tuesday. Um, and this is also to, f- to folks in the chat. Um, what, what changes would you make? What positions would you look to freshen up and who with? Um, as you sort of said earlier about the maybe the form of Chaplin, and I sort of referred to earlier the fitness maybe of Luongo and Hurst, what sort of changes would you, do you... F- would you would you make and what do you think Kieran McKenna will do? Well, I guess if we go through the team from front to back, it's going to be oh, from back to front. It's going to, you're going to have Vasilev Hladkin in goal, aren't you? Right back, I guess if Brandon Williams is fit enough to play, he'll come in for Harry Clark, and then left back is going to be Leif Davis, and then central defence. We've made a number of changes over the 
last sort of few weeks, haven't we? We've we've had three different centre half pairings, but you imagine with a break coming up and Tuanzebi playing his first or sort of two ninety minutes midweek, do you just put Wolfie and Burgess back in for this one? I imagine you do. Midfield Morsey is going to start, and a couple of people in the comments have said that I think that Jack Taylor's probably pushing pushing really he's, hard for a start. He's edging moment. there, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, edging he's looking there. good when he's coming onto games. He's getting a lot more involved in the deeper parts of the games. And I think that Luongo has looked a bit leggy and he's about to go off to Aust- with Australia for a couple of games. And he so maybe it's the time for Jack Taylor to make his first home start. Um, right wing, I think you're going to play Hutchinson at home, aren't you, as opposed to Jackson. On the left, Nathan Broadhead, if he's well enough, will start. I think Connor Chaplin will always start, won't he? And then up front, I'd I'd go George Hurst again, personally, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, some interesting points, actually, just here. We'll, we'll pick up on a, on a couple of them. Um, Shire Shark and also Norman have both uh, suggested that Taylor will come in, and Colin, actually, as well. Thank you for that, Colin. Um, it's, it's an interesting one because McKenna is very... Um, loyal but wedded to the Luongo Morsey um, partnership um, and does has tended to play them regardless you know if, if they're available and fit enough to do so he'll put them in but I just do wonder whether uh, we're at the point now whereby it's time to feed in as we've done with Twin Zabie just to feed in just to get them used to what will be a requirement come um, January I'm just a bit mindful that um there was a little bit of a clamour for uh, Marcus Harness wasn't there to start. And you know, not saying he had a poor game on Tuesday night, by all means, but the the, the previous performances have been when he's he's been coming on and almost been given a free reign just to get into the box and we're either losing or drawing to try and get us a win or try to us back into a game. It's a completely different mindset to starting a game and you know, setting that solid foundation throughout a match rather than just coming on and going relatively gung-ho, I suppose. And I think, as you mentioned about January, the reason that McKenna gave for playing to Anzabi was that Burgess is going to be away for January and we and we need to we need to firstly get used to him not being there and secondly get other people up to speed. So yeah, mm. the same obviously applies to Massimo Luongo, doesn't it? In there. Yeah, exactly. Well as uh, A points out here, um Luongo and Morsi are secure, certainly in that um, taking the ball off of the defence or taking the ball off Hladke and keeping it and just playing those, absorbing the press and therefore breaking the press further up, up the pitch. But, you know, it's something he's got He's got to get good at, better at, if you don't think he's good enough at it already, because that is how we're going to play and that's how we use our um, centre midfielders. And you can be pretty sure that's what we drilled into him in the on the training ground. And he's also got to get fit for January, hasn't he? He's got to be up and running and at speed and knowing the style for January. And we'll see where we end up in the second half of the season. But ideally, you want all your players fully fit, ready to go for the second half of the season, which is what got us over the line last year, wasn't it? These these little rotations that McKenna made through November, December, and even into January when our form did dip a little bit, we were still making the rotations. But it all obviously worked with in conjunction, I guess, with Andy Rolls and the performance team in the background to make sure that all the players were at their physical peak through the business end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Jason points out here, Sky told us they are the best sentiment field partnership in the league. Don't believe everything Sky tell you, um, Jason. Um, but yeah, they, they are, but they we also know that they will... No, sorry. We don't know that they are the best. We know that they're one of the best, but we do know for sure that 
that will get broken up, as Joe says, that will get broken up in um, in January. So we do need to, um, we will need to cross that bridge. And this now is a time to probably get some preparation in line for that, like I have done with Twins AB um, to come in and replace Burgess. Um, so, yeah, that'd be an interesting one. And so I don't think we, we're now past the point whereby everyone could, by virtue of um, slight dips in form and, and fitness, um, we've gone away from knowing what our 11 will be starting or 10 of our 11 will be starting on a Saturday afternoon to now maybe not knowing what four or three or four of those positions will be uh, or who will be taking up the three or four of those positions. So be an interesting time come uh, two o'clock when those um, teams are announced. So in terms of Swansea, I think we've pretty much done um, what we need to do in terms of Swansea and the match uh, at the weekend. Um, I'm just going to go through a few plugs here, if you wouldn't mind. Um, in terms of, as I said earlier, our friends at the Greyhound are our pre-match sponsors. So please, for all your pre-match, post-match, weekend, weekday pub requirements go and visit the uh, the guys in the in the greyhound they will uh look after you royally before games um you'll also bump into a few of the blue monday lot and some of the telegram mob um in there as well there's always a good vibe going on in the greyhound make sure you um, get there early though because it is rammed on a match day earlier and earlier as well isn't there people people are pinging messages in the t- in telegram like half past 10 11 o'clock i think crikey I'm you, still... you may even need to camp out the friday night Go there the Friday night, have some beers, then just put a tent up in one of the booths in the garden and then wake up and have breakfast there, I think, is the only way to guarantee a seat there. Yeah, good point. Good point well put. Um, Merch store um, and also Telegram. So if you go to bluemondayitfc.co.uk, you'll get links to everything on there. So the links to the, the merch store, where am I going? That way. Um, for hoodies which are modelled a little bit more um, succinctly than I, uh, Telegram. We know I know we bang on about it, but it really is a fantastic uh, little community we've got going there. Um, the match day chat will come alive tomorrow um, in readiness for the weekend. Um, and for anyone who's not at the game or following it um, internationally, um, it's it's a fantastic uh, little chat that goes on there but there's chats about everything there's chats about non-football stuff as well um we've got an exclusive we've got various exclusives um in the past and um, we've got another one coming up uh rich has done a q a with lucy o'brien who is that's already a, on there ah who is a blue monday and friends of blue monday sponsory that's the right word sponsory sponsored by yeah sponsored by yeah um and uh the women's team have their first round fa cup game on sunday away at northampton so we wish them well on that and also we have a few giveaways on there as well which leads me through to we wear the sport.com um which is uh, again one of our friends who's set up a um apparel uh site um which has um iconic um players iconic figures uh, of ipswich town history embroidered onto uh, various t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that um i'd look earlier you've got morsey for example recent morsey clark chaplin are there but also going back to coochie and royce you've got there um the images you'd expect to see of coochie and royce 
um, you can get them embroidered onto onto hoodies and t-shirts. So, and we've actually got a fifteen percent discount at the moment with a promo code Blue Monday, all one word. So, wearthesport.com, W-E-A-R, thesport.com. Um, Blue Monday is your promo code if you want fifteen percent off there. Um, flagship Sunday, Joe, you're back for that. Yes, me, Dave, and Ben on cool. the Sunday night lineup. So that'll be hopefully a going into the international break for feet up and at least an eight point gap to set third place. And that's live uh, as ever, 8 p.m. Sunday night. Uh, and then obviously it's the international break after that, as you say. Um, so we may put a couple of little bit pieces out next week during the week. I don't think there'll be anything live um, as such because there, there isn't going to be much to talk about. Um, no midweek, <clears throat> excuse me, no midweek and no match next weekend. So I say just keep an eye out because there may be some bits and pieces going out, uh, but not necessarily uh, a live show. I think that will do us for plugs. Now we get to the real uh, nitty gritty. It's prediction time. This is what we've been waiting for, isn't it? Um so in the chat, please get your um, your own predictions in in terms of our um, result uh, at the weekend. Um, we'll come to that in a second. Um, we'll just go over last week. And it's a shame that Seb's not here, actually, poor fella, because if I just bring the table up and slide ourselves to the side, it looks like the contributor won. Um Although, to be fair, I don't think Seb, Rich, or forgive me, I don't know who was the, the Telegram um, predictor was last week, got any of the actual results correct, but they all got outcomes correct. And Seb got seven outcomes correct, which is a, a pretty decent um, return, albeit it only earned him one more point than uh, Mr. Woodward, um, which unfortunately means that uh, Rich is 10 points clear. Well, sorry, the host is 10 points clear at this stage uh, in the Predictor League. But you, you, you may find it hard to believe, but both Rich and Seb have relinquished control of the predictions for maybe for one week only. We did offer them the chance of just nulling, nulling and voiding this uh, this week rather than letting Joe and I loose on the uh, predictions. But we're going to uh, show you what we've got. Now, Peel, I couldn't possibly comment. However... I will bring up our uh, predictions, and you may get some um, Boxing Day 1963 um, vibes about this. Now, Joe's gone very, very um, conservative, shall we say, uh, whereas I've gone just a little bit more uh, out there, and Elliot's gone pretty much straight down the middle. Um, only joking. That's just for Rich. Uh, right, here we go. This is what uh, we've gone for. Um so, yeah, we'll, we'll have a quickly, very, very, very quickly just um, shoot down through these, Joe. I think looking across the board, you and I uh, and Ellie, actually, we're not too far away in terms of um, the results, uh, sorry, the outcomes rather than results. Blackburn, Preston, Blackburn on a on a decent run. Um, Preston, not so much, although still hanging around in and around the top six. Sunderland. Strong at home. We've all gone for home wins there. Similarly, Cardiff um, hitting a bit of a rich vein of form. And Norwich, not so much, um, although they might be quite glad not to be playing at home. Um, but 
we've all gone for home wins in that one. Coventry Stoke, we see being pretty close. I've gone for a, a Stoke win, um, although I can be pretty sure the person that I've taken control from for this one week only wouldn't have been going for a Coventry um, defeat at home. Um, Hull, Hull Huddersfield, all gone for home wins. Ipswich Swansea, I've gone for a 2-2 here. Um, Des- just a, a third consecutive a third third in a row yeah that's right i just i don't know i just think leg legginess was just in the back of my in back of my mind and swansea scoring early goals and us conceding um early goals but then that was before i looked into suspensions and bit injuries and stuff like that but i'll stick with it now whereas yourself joe uh, and elliot have gone for some still high scoring um home wins or high scoring games in a, in a home win. Uh, Leeds, Plymouth, we've all gone for clean sheets for Leeds and a pretty confident home win. Middlesbrough, Leicester, you've gone for a 1-1 there, Joe. Just think it's a, a bridge too far for Leicester. This one on the back of a disappointing Leeds performance and result. Yeah, Middlesbrough have been good since their awful start to the season as well. I'd expect them at home to be able to cause Leicester some troubles. When you watch to see the... Leeds Leicester game. I, I, like I say Leicester just didn't look particularly impressive, did they? Going forwards, they they don't seem no. to have the attacking patterns lined up like Middlesbrough do, like Leeds do, like we do. They seem to rely very much on their two wingers and moments of quality. Defensively, they're very very solid. They look they get lots of bodies back there. But no, I I, I have I just haven't been that impressed with them this season, Leicester. Which sounds ridiculous when you look at how many points they've got, but they seem to be just be getting by on player quality as opposed to team quality. Yeah, yeah. Um, you and I have both gone for a Bristol City away win at QPR. Elliot's gone for a 1-1. Um, we've, we've gone right across the border at Sheffield Wednesday. I've gone for a, a home win. You've gone for a draw, and Elliot's gone for a away win. So there you go. We'll call that hedging our bets, shall we? So anyone in the chat wants to stick a few quid on our predictions, there's one for you. You, you can cover all your bases. Um, Southampton, nil-nil, Joe, you're going for uh, against... Uh, West Brom at home. West Brom are good. I think it's been... It's like, and Carlos Corboran loves a nil-nil, doesn't he? <laughs> well, so will Joe Fares if that comes to fruition. As, and so will Seb Brown, to be fair. Um, and then finally, Watford Rotherham, we've all gone uh, for a home win. So just quickly looking through the um, predictions that other people have uh, slung in the chat for us. Colin's gone for a 3-1. Eric's gone for a 2-0. Shy Shark, another 3-2. Chris has gone for a 3-1 to town. Neil's gone 2-1 town. Gary's gone 3-1 town. Jason's gone 4-3 town. My goodness me, there's some goals flying in. 4-3 town. Michael's gone for a 2-0. He's also gone for the scorers. Yes, good work, Michael. Hurst and Chaplin, although neither of them looked like they were going to, they were going to score many on uh, Tuesday night, sadly, but this is a good time to get back into some form. And I think Mike um, is right. I don't think we've ever won three one under McKenna. Oh, interesting. We're drawn two two though, so my predictions on on the nail, uh, nail on the head. Um, Stephen Beals four two again. Greg's gone four two. Gary's gone two one. And here we go. Horse Holloway is going to go for our first ever three one win. Concede first, obviously. Um, and our first headed goal of the season. Is that right? We haven't scored a header yet. No, we haven't conceded a header. Uh, okay. I can't remember. Oh, we'll concede our first header goal. Sorry, horse. All right. I did misread that. 
Metal Jace has gone for no, four, there's a lot of four twos here, uh, fellas. Um, Steve Catchpole, two nil loss, but leads to lose two. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't feel so bad about my two two now. Um, although Colin's trying to make me feel bad about my two two. Uh, Marty five one town. We'll all take um, that, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Neil town of fifteen to two to win from bit. We don't. Um, want to promote gambling or anything. Uh but town are fifteen to two to win from behind. Swansea are nineteen to ten to score first. If you want to follow up um some of Seb's statistics with some uh some shekels on the on the back of that, please feel free. Um Zach's gone for three one town. Um so yeah David's gone for two one from behind. FPL's gone gone for a second person going for our first three one. Uh, and Nick's gone for four one. So, <coughs> excuse me, everyone. Um, there's a lot of still a lot of positivity there, Joe, isn't there? Despite um, you know, as, as we said before, maybe a slight, slight, slight dip in um, form and performances. People are still pretty confident that our what is a very decent home record and from um, results and goal scoring uh, perspective will still be the same um, this time Sunday. Well, this this team has got goals in it, hasn't it? And it knows how to win games and get games over the line at home. So I don't, even when you go 1-0 down, you don't sit there and panic, really, because you think, oh, well, we, we will score. Mm. We, we we always score. I think it's a, it was a new club record against Rotherham on Tuesday for consecutive games scored in all competitions. I think if, I think we've got to score this Saturday to make it a league record as well for goals, uh, for scoring in every game in, in all competitions. So, no, we've just got to keep doing what we're doing, don't we? And that's how I'm sure Swansea aren't looking forward to coming up to Portman Road. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so thank you very much for everyone. I say hopefully um, Joe and I won't have um, balls things up too much from uh, Rich and Seb's perspective. And I think if it's only one out of one week out of 46, I don't think either of us are contractually obliged to wear any sort of T-shirt at the end of the season. So I think we're in the clear. So that's almost us done. Um, if you want to um, just uh, want to shout out, please stick something in the uh, in the comments, and I'll give you a quick shout before we before we leave. But thank you very very much for everyone um, who's joined us this evening. Thank you to Seb um, for as ever um, the sterling work he does behind the scenes in terms of the uh, stats and the research and bits and pieces. Thanks to Rich for setting all this up um, again in the background. I hope they're enjoying their evening. Um, as we always say, uh, please give us a thumbs up wherever you're, wherever you're watching us, whether that be uh, Facebook or through YouTube, it does help us. Um, that's all we ask is a, uh, is a thumbs up and a, and a review. If you can be, uh, if you're that way inclined as well, it's fantastic for us. Um, Hey, Eric. Yeah, thank you very much. Not a problem at all. Um, as I said before, um, Joe's here on Sunday night with Dave and Ben to go through the <clears throat> go through the Swansea game live at 8pm. Uh, Blue Monday ITFC for all your merch and Telegram requirements. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, do what Paul says. Like and subscribe. Um, thanks very much, Colin. And yourself, horse horror. Thank you. Just the last one here from eighties. Gone for two one town. So, the um, 
yeah, so the positivity is still there. So in terms of last words, Joe, I shall hand over to you while I uh, sort out my outro bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone for, for joining us and I shall see you very soon and Joe will see you Sunday. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for everyone to tuning in tonight and all your comments to keep the show going. And here's, well, like I say, here's to another three points and this fantastic start to the season, continuing it on for as long as we can, as long as we can, until it's a point where we're promoted. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.